There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, and welcome to These Four Walls, our third episode. Third episode. Three cheers to that. Yeah, so we've got loads coming up on this episode, and I'm particularly excited because, Shannon, you spoke to a real X-Men this week. Well, it was actually an ex-woman, but yes, that did happen. Um, I nipped out to my local, which is Claridge's. Fancy. Uh, and spoke to Alexandra Ship, who's basically my new girl crush. She's amazing. And, okay, so I am actually really excited about the movie. I know you And are. I really want to know... And- did that actually happen? Annie, I'm obviously not going to answer that. Why not? Because it's a massive spoiler and also you don't really want to know because you're going to see it. So can you please stop trying to sabotage the podcast? Okay, as if I would, but I actually went to my local this episode too. Oh yeah, where's your local? Well, it's like Claridge's. It's really <laughs> fancy and lots of high profile people go there. I think I've guessed it. Is it the ASOS Fashion Cupboard? Yes, it's the ASOS Fashion Cupboard in all its fabulousness. And after I've got all our fashion tips, we'll also be quizzing our fellow ASOSers about their dating stories. And George Murray, one of ASOS magazine's writers, will be joining us to talk 40 years of punk. All right, let's go to local then. In a bit. So I'm, I'm in the cupboard. Okay, there's loads of stuff in here today. What can I see? I'm just going to... I don't think there's anyone in here. I'm just going to have a little rummage to see what I can find. Let's start with this rail. This is, there's a really nice jacket in here, but this kind of looks like menswear, sort of like a mustard jacket. That looks interesting. And a lot of slip dresses, a nice orange slip dress that looks quite nice. Maybe I will take that. And a lot, something that's very pink. Okay, what else can I find? What are you doing, Annie? Hi, guys. Hi, Hi. Oh, okay, so I've just been busted by Jo. Welcome back, Jo. You were with us last episode. Check her out at jo underscore Grizzly. And Debbie. Hi, Annie. Hey, Deb. Um, one of our ASOS insiders. Deb, what's your Instagram so everyone can follow you? <laughs> it's ASOS underscore Debbie. Um, everyone should follow Deb. She's got amazing style and has never worn the same outfit ever at work. Um, <laughs> and this is actually really good because you guys have got two very different styles. So I've been rhyming around in the cupboard and I found a few bits so you can give me some tips. Um, Joe, how would you describe your style? I'm, I'm definitely a tomboy. Okay. Deb? I'm definitely a girl's girl. Never leave home without a red lip or a heel. I've noticed... Okay, so this is quite interesting. What I've, There's some menswear in the cupboard today. Yeah, I have started using, or we have started trying to use a lot of menswear 
um, okay. when styling women's wear at the same time, though, obviously, just to mix it up a bit. But a unisex. So this jacket, can you describe this jacket to me? Yeah, that's my fave at the moment. Um, it's a coach jacket. A coach jacket? A coach jacket. What does that mean? Um, it's just the style of jacket. <laughs> kind of boxy, right? Yeah, it's like boxy. It's kind of like a shirt shape, like a long line. It's got shirt collar. You've got like a popper sleeve as well. Um, popper buttons. Yeah, this one's got, a, this one's Carhartt, so it's got the big C logo. Drawstring hem. Okay, and how, that's really interesting as a menswear jacket. So how would you, Joe, style that? Yeah, so it's a really good like throw-on jacket. It's good for this spring weather and even going into summer. It's, like, it's a lightweight jacket, so when you just need something, you know, an extra layer. But it's, I like that it's a bit long line. It looks great over, like, hoodies. Okay. Which we've been banging on about. Um, but then equally, yeah, like you were talking, like you've, I see you've got another slip dress there. Um, it'll look great thrown over a little slip dress or a little summer dress as well. And, Deb, how would you, if you were wearing this menswear jacket, what would you style it with? Kind of just like how Joe said, over this orange slip dress that you have right next to it. Yeah, because I also noticed this tonal. hanging on the rail. Mm. I think Shannon actually has this item in her saved items bag. Shannon has Fashion. good taste. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so slip dresses are really, really big, but big. you both have quite different styles. So, Deb, how would you wear this orange slip dress? Well, I already have this dress as well. <laughs> oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. And I kind of thought I could wear it to work, like, over T-shirts, but... <gasps> It's actually super dressy, so, like, it's great for, like, a summer wedding. Okay. Mm. And I would just keep it really minimal, so it's, mm. like, got this amazing slip, uh, excuse me, slit at the front. Okay, right, like, yeah, from right at the front. They kind of yeah. show a bit of leg. Yeah, good for the dance floor as well, right? Mm. So I'd probably just wear it with, like, some barely dare heels, some slip back hair, a red lip, and some big earrings. So you'd put a red lip with Definitely. this colour? Clad. Like a bright yeah. orange? Yes. I kind of call it my Solange dress as well. <gasps> yeah. She totally yeah, wear it this is, way. She totally rocked that. And, and Joe, how would, would you, Deb mentioned wearing it over a T-shirt. Yeah. Is that also something that you could do? Yeah, definitely. We're styling lots of slips and um, over sports tees or logo tees, you know, like Stussy Vans. Or even like when it's just a random slogan as well. Okay, so that could be cool. And then also, girls, I have noticed there's this one item that has caught my eye. So to describe this, this is a bright pink sort of peplum top in net. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, Yeah. it's like netted, it's sleeveless, but it's got this little um, dropped... Almost like a ruffle, but not quite a ruffle, like a peplum. So this is super bright and and super super see through. (laughs) So it's kind of scaring me a little bit. Yeah. So how how would people wear this? Well, you don't want to go. Thing is, though, one way you could that's a good holiday item to Mm, chuck on over your bikini bikini. on the beach. Okay, that's a good way to wear it. That's yeah, holiday shout. But also with this type of thing, we again we've been layering it over boyish t-shirts again so with logos so you see the logo through the sheer but then it's just making your boyish t-shirt very girly at the same time and then you know chucking it on with some jeans okay so a bit of a contrast it puts that that's really girly with something a bit very boyish boyish. yeah and deb how would you would you do a similar thing yeah definitely with jeans because i like the oversized fit of it all yeah um if I was brave, I'd just wear a bra, but I'm not. Whoa. <laughs> but um, probably like a little, like, little cami underneath. Yeah. Um, with a bit of detailing, but definitely with some 
jeans and some heels and you're good to go. Always with a heel, Deb. Always with a you heel. You rock Love heels every day and it <laughs> just is day. very impressive. It's born in heels, Annie. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thanks, girls. Sorry you caught me in the cupboard. I'm going to go now. Mm-hmm. Okay, bye. Bye, bye Annie. So that was Annie in the fashion cupboard. Ah, here we go. All right, so it's time to talk about love, dating, relationships, all of that. And this week, we are focusing on dating. Yeah, specifically via the medium of an app. Yeah, digital dating. We've asked people to give us their opinions and their stories, the good and the not so good on dating apps. Okay, so let's swipe right. The best thing about dating apps is just that they're really fun and you can go on loads of different dates in a really short amount of time and meet loads of different people. The best thing about dating apps is that you match with Cisco in Las Vegas, but the worst thing is you match, you know, you find your ex-boyfriend when you first join Tinder. No idea, never, never been on one. I'm old-fashioned. I haven't used one before. You could just, like, swipe all evening. <laughs> Mate, dating apps suck. I don't get it. Like, I don't get the big fuss over dating apps. Why, why, why don't you just go to, like, a bar and just speak to somebody? Why, why do you need to swipe on an app or talk to someone on the internet? I just, I just don't get it. Someone really cool might be your next swipe. The best thing, because it's people that you would never meet normally. Like, there's just, like, a completely different world people that like you wouldn't go to a bar you wouldn't go and see the same thing so it's nice to like meet people out of your comfort zone um i like them because my, my boyfriend's on tinder my opinion on dating apps is that they're uh, convenient uh, when you're on holiday because you can uh, go on tinder and just ask around about the best places and restaurants and bars to go to i went on a date with someone and then at the end of the date realized that we lived in the same building which made it even more awkward when i said that i didn't want to go back to his i think they're great it's a good way to meet people my mum's on tinder Wow, I mean, a whole range of responses there. Yeah. Thing is, I don't actually have Tinder because there's just not enough space on my phone. Yeah, but that's a not a very good. That's a really bad excuse. Mm. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't either. But I'm a bit old-fashioned. Yeah, it's way nicer just to sort of go up and speak to someone, isn't it? Would you do that? Um. Yeah. You wouldn't. What's yeah? <laughs> what What would you say? I'd be like, Oh, hey, babes, nice shoes. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Um, Annie, it's the part you've been waiting for. Yes. Where we get to meet a real member of the X-Men. Ah, X-Men time. Yes, I'm so excited and no spoilers. Um, But you played our game, What Would You Do If, with Alexander Shipp. So let's see how she did. Wherever this being was, he always had four followers. He would imbue with power. Like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I got that one from the Bible. Or the Bible got it from him. What is it? Oh, God. He can control all of us. Charles! The world needs the X-Men. That's why I'm here. To fight. Hi, I'm Shannon. I'm joined by the beautiful Alexander Ship. How's Hello. it going? It's going great. So this is your final interview of a whole day of interviews, right? Yes. What are you going to do when you're finished? I'm going to eat. Mm. I'm going to eat so much food. I've been really jet lagged, so it's hard for me to like find 
my uh, my my snacking and my sleeping. But oh, I'm yeah, ready Alex to snack. Not. Last night, yesterday, yesterday afternoon. Is it Alex? By the way, Alex. Alex yeah, Alex. Is Alex. Easier. Cool. Yeah, so Good. Um, so I watched X Men yesterday. Yes. It's so sick. It's yeah, amazing. It's so dope, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the coolest it. thing ever. All the special effects look so good. Yeah. You know, and for me, working on the movie, it's like my my imagination was firing off a million miles an hour. But yeah, because I guess you were just like behind it. a green screen. Yeah, and, totally, just yeah. pretending, yeah. just playing pretend, and like hoping that it looked cool. Yeah. And then to like you know see it and finally see everything, it was just like oh my gosh. So you were as excited sense. as me, and so yeah. I just that being like, ah. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Oh, me so too, excited. me too. I absolutely loved it. Uh, was it kind of daunting joining? Because obviously it's like a massive cast and it's a big franchise right. that was already so successful and has so many fans. When you got the part, obviously I bet you were like stoked, but we also slightly like, oh my god, this is terrifying. It was the most exciting and the most scary thing that's ever happened to me. You know, it's like, yes, I finally get this amazing role that I have been. You know, that I think a lot of. Um, women of color who are actors dream about is playing mm. you know like the first female black superhero you know and having that beautiful strength and power and um it was also really scary though because uh as the same way that i looked to halle berry um as a as a, as a source of strength um and a and a representation of what i could possibly be i want to do the same for young girls who are going to watch this movie of course and um and I want to do it right. And so I'm really excited for people to see it because I, after seeing it, I'm like super proud of the, the movie. Yeah. I think it's just awesome. I think it looks amazing. Well, you smashed it without giving any, any spoilers. You almost kind of played two storms as well. Right? Yeah, two a little kind bit. Of different sides. So yeah. it's super cool. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about just before. So you lived with Sophie Turner while you were filming. Yes. Um, in a little, she described it as a party flat. Is that true? Were you, were you guys the party flat? I love that she thinks it's a party flat because like <laughs> she's like the biggest goof ever. Um, it was more of a um, we, well I guess you could say it was a party flat but we would build each other forts so like say so if we would go away and she'd have like a week <laughs> on Game of Thrones she'd come back and there would be like this big elaborate fort in the living room and then I would go what would she build a fort out of? sheets I'm talking like like kid fort like I'm talking like baby fort sheets that's pillows uh, amazing yeah and sophie and then i would go away and sophie would make me a fort and sophie's was really good like the girl could be an architect this I sounds like the you. funnest house it ever. was so much fun and it was like we would just stay up late and we'd be talking about life and boys and and our Classic. characters and yeah. and you know we're really excited for um another possible uh an, possibly another x-men movie because um we have such a fun sisterhood ourselves yeah. that we really and, and so does storm and gene in the comics yeah. and we would really love to translate that into film and like yeah, be able to bring girl power it's one. so girl power this is really great yeah there's some amazing amazing girl stuff yeah like girl stunts so what's the coolest thing about storm what do you love about her the most I love Storm's strength because anyone who knows me knows that I'm like the biggest pushover. Really? You're like, yes. No. You're like, Alex, I'm hungry. I'm like, I'll drop what I'm doing and I will find you oh. food, you know, or, or I'll give you the shirt off my back. And I just, I just, uh, I have no spine <laughs> and I cannot make any decision on my own, but man, does Storm know how to command. So she's a bit like your, your Sasha Fierce then. You got oh, to have a yeah. bit of an alter ego. Totally. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because where I'm like, whatever you guys want to do, Storm's like, we are going to do it this way. And you're just like, oh my, oh my gosh. God, your Storm voice just gave me a little shiver there. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she is super cool. I so cool. Love 
love that. All right, are you ready to play our little game? Yes. So what would you do if is our game. We're mm-hmm. going to ask you some what would you do if questions. Mm-hmm. You're going to give us your best shot and then Love we're going to play the real expert answers. Okay, so number one, this is you've got no time and no cash and you're just kind of at home. You want a kind of quick beauty fix, right? Mm-hmm. You want to do something kind of to make yourself feel good. Mm-hmm. You've only got the ingredients in your cupboard. What do you do? I whip up egg whites. <gasps> and what do you do with them? I put it on my face. Oh. Yeah, it helps brighten your skin and it helps uh, close up your pores. Do you do that a lot? Um, not a lot. I love masks. Yeah. Um, that's like my main thing. I love masks because uh, I have really bad cystic acne and they like develop under the skin. So I'm always trying to do different things. I used to do the egg white mask yeah. a lot when I was younger. But if I wanted, if I feel like my skin is going crazy and I don't have anything uh-huh. with me and all I have is my fridge, you just whip egg up white. egg whites. You Put it on just, your face. All right. Well, do you want to see what our expert said? Yes. So this is the amazing Jessica Taylor, who's a makeup artist, beauty writer, and mm. total babe. Okay. I think the loveliest thing is, are the oils. So you can go with olive oil, coconut oil, and just slather yourself, basically. I think it feels amazing, and you'll wake up the next day, and your skin will just feel absolutely beautiful. Love that. All Love right. that. Yeah. Do you have a use bit of coconut oil? Stuff like um, that? I do. I'm a total girl and love putting coconut oil on everything yep. especially myself always the way yeah cool all right <clears throat> i think you won we, we've stopped doing points in this game because it didn't work but i think you smashed that one all right number two so you're trying to a- attract your idol's attention on social media mm. so you really want to get someone's attention mm. what's the best way to do it mm. Mm. what would your approach be how old is the demographic of this podcast 20 something girls <laughs> all right you know what i do <laughs> It goes down in the DMs. You slide in the DMs. I slide in the DMs. <laughs> it goes down in the DMs. It goes down We've all in been the there. DMs. All right. Do you want to hear what our very own actual social media ASOS had to say? Yes. Okay. I think just a really honest, heartfelt message about how much you admire them and how they've inspired you should do the trick. Just send them a really nice tweet or an Instagram comment. Most nice people would find it hard to ignore that, I'd like to think. I prefer your answer, to You be know, honest. I like to slide in the yeah, DMs. Yeah. You know, you just slide in the DMs, boom. <laughs> it's just that bit when you see the, like, scene and then no reply. And they're just like, Blooded. wait, that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, next question. You've got a vegan friend and a gluten-free friend. They're both coming around for dinner. What mm. the hell do you cook? Oh, wow. A salad? I feel like I would make a salad. Or you know what? Actually, I'd go straight third grade with it and just make them a mud pie. What's the mud pie? Like dirt, mud, bake it. What? Make them a mud pie. What's a mud pie? It's mud. It's a pie made of mud. What, like from the ground outside? Yeah. So you just be, you'd be like, if you want to be vegan and gluten-free, this is what I'm giving you. That, well, or that or I just get like a bale of hay. <laughs> I'd be like, here you guys go. I grilled steaks. That's amazing. Look, I mean, I get it. You know, my mom's a vegetarian. I've tried to be vegetarian many times, um, but I get hangry. And I the only so thing that, that can, you know, cure it is meat. That's the only thing I've found. Yeah. Meat and I cheese. Feel you. I feel you. Well, let's hear what our private chef, Anna Ray, uh, this is what she said. A, a really good idea for this would be to have like an Indian feast. So some really yummy ideas would be something like a red lentil dal, um, a cauliflower rice biryani, so like lots of vegetables in, um, tomato and red onion salsa, kind of a bit of like key to like freshness, vegetable pakoras using gram flour, 
sweet potato and cashew nut curry, um, and then chickpea flour pancakes, which are quite common in India, or aloo tiki, which is like a potato patty made with buckwheat flour. Um, and then I probably serve a coconut yogurt baita with that. Um, and I put lots of chili and gar- um, and garnish with coriander and have lots of like spices, so cumin, coriander, chili powder, stuff like that to make a Indian feast. You Brits love your Indian food. We and do. you've got the We're best Indian food. Yeah, you've got it. some amazing Indian food here. Yeah. Do you have time to go to Brick Lane while you're here? Um, I'm hoping so. That's where you I've got a couple curry. extra days that I'm staying in town. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. You yeah. should. All right. The final question is, you're going to a desert island mm. and you're allowed to pack three things mm. and three things only. Mm. What would you choose? I would choose a water purifier. Mm-hmm. You know, those little, like, handheld ones. They have even one that looks like a straw now, which is awesome. So I'd bring that. Um, I'd bring a machete. Nice. And I would bring a solar charging iPod. That's a very good answer. Yeah. My name is Johnny Crockett. I work for a company called Survival School. And I'm a survival instructor and wilderness guide and have been for the last 20 years. You should bring to your desert island... A knife, a means of lighting fire, and a billy can. The rest you should be able to get from where you are. Um, So you're fishing, you need to collect water. Desert islands traditionally, if you've got foliage there, you're going to have water. So you can fill up your pot, you can light your fire, and uh, then you can start to make anything else that you need to make, like somewhere to sleep and somewhere to live and uh, all your pot hangers and things like that. You can do that with a knife that you bought. Yeah, that machete is going to Do you keep remember handy. the cartoon Tarzan? You remember mm, that like yeah. sweet little like treehouse flat that they made, that, that the family made? That's oh, what that I would what be doing, were, yeah. but with my machete. It sounds like you'd be absolutely fine, to be honest, if you were stranded on a desert island. I'm I from the desert. I wouldn't be worried about you. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm from the desert. You've there's, got this. You've got this down. Yeah, I, do. I know. you got to hydrate yourself. you got to defend yourself. And you also got to be able to pass the time. Music. This is why you're an X-Men. Hey. An X-Men. That's exactly um, why. Alex, thank you exactly so much. Why. It's been so fun. Thank you so um, much. And you smashed it. Thanks for talking to us. And thanks. Good, enjoy the rest of your time in London. Hey, thanks. Bye. Bye. Oh, she was really sweet. I love her. And the egg white thing, that's quite interesting. So I've got a story about that. Mm. Somebody, a friend, you use egg whites on their hair, because you can also use it on your hair. I, mean, I your think face. I know what you're going to say. And Did she wash it off with hot water? Yeah, and they wash it off with hot water, and it scrambled yeah, on Yeah, and then you just have horrible scrambled eggs stuck in your hair. Yeah, but then, so does it really work on your hair? Yeah, Maybe it's better stick, on your face. Stick to the face, love. Uh, Alex Chip, if you're listening to this, please move be your best friends. Oh, that's really nice. She mm. was really good. Yeah. Hi, guys. Yo. Hi, Georgia Murray. How are you? I'm good. How are you both? Good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, thanks. Call us on today. Um, this one's a bit different, actually. I'm talking about punk London. Ah, oh, interesting. You're really into. You're really into that. You've been going to loads of talks and stuff. Yeah, it's been pretty amazing, actually. With lots of fun things going on. So, what exactly is it, and why is it going on for so long? So, basically, it's a year-long program celebrating Punk's 40th anniversary. Um, so, since January, there's been loads of stuff happening: um, gigs, talks, film screenings, exhibitions, um, in various venues across the city. Okay, so we're saying that punk happened 40 years ago and punk London. So did it actually start in London then? Well, it's disputed amongst punk lovers. um, But one guy that's quite interesting to look at is Malcolm McLaren. Yeah, so he has some sort of affiliation with the Sex Pistols, right? But he's not 
in the Sex Pistols? No, no, he was actually their manager. Um, okay. But he was this uh, British guy who, with Vivian Westwood, who is his partner, owned Sex, which was a clothing shop on the King's Road. Um, and basically, he was an American managing the New York Dolls, um, who were this um, New York-based punk band. Okay, cool. So that's in America, but then what's the link with London then? So when he returned to the UK, he gave um, the guitarist guitar to Steve Jones, who would then go on to found the Sex Pistols. Yeah, so Sex Pistols, super punk, right? I mean, what happened next? Um, Well, Johnny Rotten, who is the lead singer, um, his kind of audition almost was, um, he was a big fan of all of um, Vivian Westwood's clothes and would kind of hang out at sex a lot. So he would sing along to the jukebox um, and Malcolm McLaren actually heard him singing in this really like bizarre style and was like, that's it, mate. You are the lead singer of my new band, The Sex Pistols. So it's like a punk X Factor. OK, cool. So McLaren was a big part of the beginning of UK punk then? Yeah, definitely. I mean, not only for managing the band, but um, him and Westwood pretty much created the uniform. Um, latex, rips, safety pins, obviously all features we kind of associate with punk. So... Before that, why did punk actually come about? Because it's a whole movement, isn't it? What was, like, the politics of the time? Well, like all subcultures and underground movements, punk sort of rebelled against the mainstream and the status quo. Um, Unemployment was particularly high in the UK in the early 70s. Um, There was this feeling of disruption amongst young people um, and a particularly anti-establishment attitude. Okay, but in terms of the music scene, so it's 2016 now and 40 years ago is 1976. Yeah. So that's considered the year of like the official start then of punk. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, kind of people looking back, that, that seems like it's the pinnacle year. Um, it really kicked off in London then. It was the year that the legendary Oxford Street gig venue, um, the 100 Club, hosted a two-day punk festival um, when bands like The Clash, The Cramps, Buzzcocks, Susie and the Banshees and The Slits, they all formed then. Um, it's the year that se- the Sex Pistols signed to EMI and played some of their most infamous gigs um, and when the Ramones released their first album. Um, so obviously loads of key stuff happened in that year and now it's 2016, people are looking back on punk's legacy. So is Punk London focusing mainly on the music side of things? I mean, not really. It's obviously a huge part of that, but um, it's more of a look at the entirety of the subculture. So the fashion, the politics, the attitude, the way it changed youth culture, and particularly the enduring influence that it's had over us now. So what else are people talking about? What conversations are people having? Um, well, sort of legendary DJ and producer Don Letts, um, who, he kind of introduced reggae um, and influenced a lot of punk bands in that um, kind of sort of aspect. He has looked at diversity in punk through his film series. Um, there's been talks at the ICA about punk publications like Sniffing Glue, which was the original fanzine, um, which started in 1976. Um, and there's amazing new punk band, uh, Skinny Girl Diet. You love um, them. They are absolutely amazing. You should go and see them if you get the chance. Um, They have played gigs and debated whether you can still be punk in 2060, which is a really interesting question in itself. Um, And then guitarist of the Slits, um, Viv Albertine, has discussed um, the women who were an integral part of the punk scene. Yeah, that's that's really interesting that so many women are involved and talking about it as part of punk London, because I always thought it was a bit of a boy scene. Yeah. I did too. Yeah, I think it's a lot of people do think that, but actually it was like this really incredible time for um, young women to sort of redefine themselves. Um, there were bands like X-Ray Specs and Susie and the Banshees. Um, and actually one of the events at the British Library, um, there's a panel talk with some punks leading women. Um, and actually we spoke to the curator um, at the British Library, Andy Linham, um, about women in punk. 
Do you guys want to hear what you had to say? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Punk was actually quite liberating for women as well in that uh, there were no kind of preset roles for uh, women. You know, in previous times, the, the kind of women in music tended to be, um, you know, vocalists and the, the kind of uh, figureheads of the bands. But to have women on drums, bass, guitar uh, had been quite unusual. But uh, with Punk, they just said, we can pick up the guitars, we can do it. Well, that sounds great. You've sold it to me, Georgia. Uh, so this is happening kind of all over London. Yeah, I mean, institutions like the Museum of London and the ICA are all hosting events, um, as well as venues like the Roundhouse and, like I mentioned before, the 100 Club. Um, Punk London's actually supported by the National Lottery and Heritage Lottery Fund gave a grant of £99,000 um, and it's weirdly got endorsements from the Queen and Boris Johnson, so it's kind of controversial in that way. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't seem very. Yeah, punk, that's quite weird, does it? But because have you seen that Sex Pistols album cover with the Queen on? Exactly right. That is just a lot of people have a lot to say about it, um, and kind of the people who are disagreeing with the whole thing are saying that treating punk like a museum piece is against the whole ethos of the scene. I mean, it's it's built on rebellion, so this is quite an odd thing to happen. Um, but McLaren, who we were talking about earlier in Westwood, they have a son called Joe Core, who actually founded the lingerie brand Agent Provocateur. Um, and basically, he's punk royalty, obviously, and he has a huge collection of punk memorabilia. Um, and he's th- <laughs> he's basically said he's going to burn the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I remember. yeah. Do you think he's actually going to do it? I think he might. You know, I don't think he's bluffing. When's it, gonna so be ha- when's it happening? So it's on the 26th of November, um, which is exactly 40 years after the release of The Sex Pistols' Anarchy in the UK. Are you guys going to go down? Is yeah, it's it not Georgia Murray is definitely. <laughs> Joe's story from the ASOS office. Um, but he's basically said about it, those who felt punk's ideas are still important would have felt betrayed. And that the artifacts represent ideas that's what's important not the memorabilia so some people are calling us bluff and saying it's a press stun um but i don't know i think he might actually do it that'd be interesting i get it but it's a bit much (laughs) just donate it to (laughs) a museum or something it's all right well what are your highlights what sort of things do you think we should be going to I mean, the British Library, again, they've got Johnny Rotten himself doing a talk there in June. Wow. Um, and their exhibition, Punk 1976 to 1978, um, it actually opens today. Um, and it features some amazing pieces like original clothing from Sex, um, Radio 1 DJ John Peel's personal copy of the undertone single Teenage Kicks, um, gig tickets to the Roxy Club and fanzines like Sniffing Glue. It's all absolutely amazing. I've seen it. Great. So loads to see then. Everyone should go check it out. Um, yeah, definitely. And you can go to punk.london to see a, few, a full listing of events taking place across the year. Um, there's loads of free stuff as well, so you don't have to spend loads of money to go. Cool. Cool, amazing. I need to get some of those in my calendar. I think yeah. we should definitely go. It's We're pretty like, punk. We're, yeah, we are. It's like really, really interesting. We should follow Georgia Murray's lead, I think. Yeah, everyone could be a bit more punk. Georgia, that was really great and very interesting. Thank you so much for telling us all about Punk London. Yeah. No worries. Later. See you soon. Bye. So that brings us to the end of our third episode. Thank you to all our contributors from X-Men star Alex Shear, ASUS magazine writer Georgia Murray, to our fashion stylist and our producer, Wargie B. Shout out, Wargie B. We'll be back next episode, so don't forget to hit subscribe on iTunes, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that was the sound of Annie dropping the mic. Yes. Annie and Shannon, out.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.